Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. There's never really been an opportunity like there is right now in Illinois. Because of this prohibition nationally on cannabis, Illinois essentially has a protected industry. That's the voice of Amy Nathan, executive director of Gromentum Lab here in Chicago. She's talking about the business opportunities surrounding the legalization of recreational marijuana in Illinois. This is WBBM's In Depth, where we take a deep dive into a story we're telling on the air. I'm Cisco Cotto. This week is part two of our two-part series on the legalization of recreational marijuana in Illinois. We'll discuss the negative effects of marijuana use, also the business opportunities for Illinois, including the social equity that's been put in place to level the playing field, and how states such as Wisconsin, where marijuana is still illegal, are going to deal with weed crossing over state lines. First, let's talk about the downside of marijuana use. Joining us is Bucknell University neuroscientist Judy Grizel. She's the author of Never Enough, a book on addiction, and she warns new laws and policies have really outpaced the science. Dr. Grizel, I appreciate you being with us. You're, you're not just a researcher. There's a personal connection to marijuana for you. I'm a recovering addict, and I smoked my way through my teens, uh, bags and bags of weed. This was in the 70s and 80s when it wasn't so potent. So I appreciate the um, draw for sure, but I became a neuroscientist in part to understand uh, how addiction develops and what the effects of addictive substances are on the brain. And uh, I'm really helped today by a recent meta-analysis that looked at about 40 years of research on the uh, effects, beneficial or not, of marijuana and found nothing um, to suggest that anything in the available evidence, so this is thousands and thousands of subjects, um, uh, suggested it was beneficial. And in fact, there were some indication that it was had a couple of pretty potent risks for increasing uh, psychosis and also reducing cognitive um, functioning. So even though I, you know, I wish I could say the drug was great and how wonderful it is, it wasn't good for my life and uh, it's probably not all it's cracked up to be right now. And in fact, we may be having some um, consequences down the road. But that's completely contrary to a lot of things here in Illinois that have been used to promote it. They they promote these health benefits. They They say that there are uh, different ailments that can be better, whether you smoke it or ingest it in some other way. It uh, it sounds like you're saying the research doesn't back that up. Yeah, I, I think it's astounding that um, these claims are made without data, because I do think it's misleading. And combined with having um, it uh, decriminalized or even legalized, that sort of suggests it's at least innocuous, if not beneficial. But in fact, if you look at the data, which I encourage everyone to do to find the studies that suggest it's helpful, and you'll see 
they they're not there. So is there then, uh, given that, is there a risk for states such as Illinois to just legalize it, sort of embrace this, and and really uh, really begin selling it as something that people should go ahead and try? I think there's a clear risk in two areas. One is um, the risk for psychosis. So um, this is um, experiencing sort of a break with reality that is a major uh, symptom of schizophrenia and schizophrenia and the psychosis that seems to be induced by smoking high potency weed on a regular basis are um, really damaging to people's lives and sometimes not able to be reversed. So it can take you off course for a lifetime. And some studies, another good recent um, analysis suggests that about 40% of new cases of schizophrenia may be attributable to smoking high-potency weed. The other thing is cognitive impairment in general. And now, um, you know, so it decreases your ability to um, think through complex arguments, which is a problem for, uh, you know, in this case, kind of ironically, um, but also... And I don't mean to sound snotty there because I, I can appreciate it myself, but I think it, it is difficult to find your way through the mounds of research and figure out what's actually going on. But it's certainly not helping the way people think and process information. And then my um, speculation, and this is not so much directly based in evidence yet, although there's some suggestive evidence, is that... Um, When we smoke marijuana, uh, the world and um, our inner thoughts and the experiences we have, what's on the dinner table, um, the conversations, these things seem really meaningful and important. And that's one of the wonderful things about being stoned, I think. It's so fun because everything is so rich and interesting. But as a result of that, on a regular basis, the brain downregulates or decreases its ability to sense and perceive things that are rich and meaningful and interesting. So I think that one possible risk in the long term is that there's going to be a um, dampening of sensitivity to what's important. And this is maybe not so critical if you're in your 50s like I am, but I think very critical if you're in your teens when most people are experimenting with drugs like THC. And um, maybe there could be really lasting effects on their lives and also the rest of ours because we're sharing the community. You labeled yourself an an addict, a recovering addict. Uh, It's another thing that people say uh, that this is not addictive, that this is sort of recreational. You can just kind of do it for fun, just like uh, some people can have a glass of wine. Other people can't have a glass of wine. Um, is it? Is it indeed? It sounds like it because you refer to yourself as that. Is it indeed safe to say that some people will become addicted to this? Absolutely, just as alcohol is addictive. So just the fact that some people can have a glass of wine doesn't mean the drug is not without risk. And um, like any addictive drug, if you use it rarely and at moderate doses, so infrequently and at moderate doses, you're not likely to have... Uh, bad consequences. The problem is the more you use it, the less sensitive the brain is to it. So the more you need to get the effect you're looking for. And as you take more and more to sort of achieve what you're looking for, then um, you do alter the brain. It's structurally and functionally so that you 
become tolerant, as we've just talked about, and dependent in some ways, and have craving. And so it comes to sort of take a central part in your life. Um, and I think that is the definition of addiction. I'm really I'm fascinated by the things that you're saying here, especially as a researcher, because here in Illinois, as this process has played out over many months, we hear very little negativity about marijuana, whether it's in gummies or, or some other food or it's smoked or, or however it's ingested. We hear very little negative. It, it's it's really this rah, rah, rah. It's going to be great for the economy. There's going to be new jobs and people are going to be able to have fun and maybe even some tourism. And uh, it, it, it's good to get a perspective that maybe this is not all roses, ponies and unicorns. We've discussed some of the negative effects of marijuana use. Let's talk now about the business opportunities and some of the social equity concerns surrounding the new industry. Amy Nathan is with us. She is executive director of Gromentum Lab here in Chicago. Uh, Amy, for people who've never heard of Gromentum, give us kind of a thumbnail sketch. What exactly do you do? Well, Gromentum Lab is a cannabis business accelerator for social equity. And now what that means is that we saw this as a growth area. And combined with consulting, incubation experience, and experience in highly regulated industries, it made sense to figure out a way to support the community, specifically the community uh, denoted as social equity, people who are most impacted by the war on drugs, as they pursued careers, specifically ownership in the cannabis space in Illinois. So accelerator, incubator, are, are you a, a capital provider? Or are you a connector? What, what do you do to help these businesses either get started or move to the next level? Yes, exactly. Yes, on both accounts. Um, there's never really been an opportunity like there is right now in Illinois because because of this prohibition nationally, on cannabis, Illinois essentially has a protected industry to grow here um, the entire, every sector. So that is from growing to infusing to dispensing to transportation and all the ancillary businesses uh, surrounding all those things. So, yes, we are working with people, providing seed capital, providing uh, incubation services, mentoring, an immersive, intensive 16 week educational experience from which they can very quickly launch their businesses in um, the space. Let me just go back to this just to make sure that we understand this. Because marijuana is still technically illegal federally, it is a controlled substance, that means everything has to be done here in Illinois. Is there uh, something that you can't do any business across state lines or, or, or something? What does that mean? Exactly. Because you can't do business across state lines, you cannot um, buy product in a different state and supply the dispensaries that are going to be open here on 1-1. So that means that everything needs to be homegrown, home produced, etc. So it's like this perfect opportunity to create a local industry from seed to sale. And that is what the companies will be um, posed to do. And so the companies that are already operative here in Illinois have an opportunity starting on 1-1, but then um, on 5-1 and on 7-1 later in the year, new companies will be able to come online and they will be able to produce and grow and, and then sell everything they've got that they're creating. I'm trying to think of another industry. I don't think there is another industry that's like that, right, where everything would have to be done in Illinois? Never. 
Uh uh-uh. uh. You know, this opportunity is an opportunity that has never happened before, and it's a short window. It will likely never happen again. And so the the brilliance of this law is it's they're using this opportunity as also a way to create. Uh, an opportunity for people who just haven't had an opportunity in the past. And so that's where they can truly change the trajectory of their own future and that that of their communities. Yeah, and what do you do? Because you touched on social equity earlier. What what do you do maybe differently than some other people who are trying to get weed businesses going? This whole in, in, issue of social equity, this this bill, this law that's been passed is all about providing justice to people who have been um, locked up in the past for having possession or for selling cannabis or for being in the disinvested areas of the cities of the of the around the entire state as a result of the war on drugs. And so we're working with those populations to really um, change the lives. Let's just put it this way. A lot of people who have been in this industry, who've been who have in the past really had a side hustle and parlay their skill set into the formal economy, giving people connections, giving people access to capital, providing some of the skill sets or honing the skill sets that they already have just sort of in a different venue, if you will. And that's really the, the focus of our work. It's not teaching business from the ground up. It's really filling in the gaps of what, if they've been in a certain venue, to sort of change that venue to a more formal and so how do you do that in order to reach those people? I mean, is, is it a, a certain neighborhood, certain circumstances? How do you decide who you work with? First of all, the state has helped because the state has, this is a very heavily regulated and licensed biz, um, industry. And so four of the five different business types, the, the verticals within the types, will require a license from the state of Illinois. So for starters, um, you really can't go about educating folks who don't already have the license. So for right now, we're helping anybody who's a social equity applicant work on getting their license. And we're hooking them up with experts from the different fields to to do those applications at a very sm- much smaller rate or even pro bono. But ultimately, when they get their licenses, then they'll be um, able to apply to the accelerator. For one of those areas, you don't need a license, and that's all the ancillary supporting businesses and infrastructure. And we will have an application process that's, that mirrors the application process that the state has. We've discussed some of the business opportunities. A lot of people are going to be making money now that pot is legal in Illinois, and many people who've been left out are going to be brought in. We've talked about that. Now let's shift the discussion, though. Let's talk about how other states are going to be dealing with the change in Illinois law. Sergeant Chris Hanna is joining us with the Kenosha County Sheriff's Department. Marijuana is soon to be sold legally here in Illinois, but that doesn't mean it is legal everywhere, and the Kenosha County Sheriff's Department is wanting to issue that reminder. Uh, Sergeant Hanna, thanks for being here. I guess tell us about that reminder to people in southeast Wisconsin. Marijuana is not going to be legal there anytime soon. Thank you for having me, Cisco. Uh, That is correct. Um, The state of Wisconsin and Kenosha County uh, currently uh, makes it illegal to possess uh, marijuana in Wisconsin and Kenosha County. And so, uh, I mean, what what do you say to people who may be tempted to drive over to Illinois or uh, even in some places maybe walk over to Illinois to get this thinking that it is going to be okay? Well, we do recognize that uh, residents from our county and from the state of Wisconsin will be illegally allowed to go to Illinois, possess or purchase 
marijuana from a dispensary and consume it in a private residence following the Illinois state laws. Um, but we want to remind everyone uh, that bringing that product back is still illegal. And will your office be uh, extra vigilant and paying attention to this, making sure that people aren't doing this, or is it just sort of a warning? It's just a reminder to everyone, uh, just to prevent any confusion that is out there that uh, it is still illegal in Wisconsin. Uh, We are not doing anything extra. It's going to be business as usual within our departments enforcing the ordinances of Kenosha County and the state statutes of the state of Wisconsin. So if someone comes to Illinois and smokes this stuff or uh, has some sort of an edible or something, uh, your office doesn't care about that as long as they're doing it in Illinois and just not bringing it back. Uh, Correct. Uh, We do have a concern with uh, consumption of marijuana products in Illinois uh, that they do not get behind the wheel and drive while impaired. Is that going to be one of the challenging things in general? Uh, We've talked to other guests on previous podcasts about how uh, the the testing to know when someone is impaired, it's not like with alcohol where you you can blow a .10 or, or whatever and know that you're definitely intoxicated with, with marijuana it's just a, it's a little tougher to say for sure the key issue here is going to be that uh, the impairment is still going to be observed uh, and we we do not want people driving on the roadway while being impaired yeah what are what are some of the things that would tell an officer that someone is likely impaired you were looking uh, at the movements and the actions of the driver uh, driving takes concentration by the mind as well as physical movements uh, and those divided attentions, uh, any type of drug or alcohol that involves that affects that or impairs the divided attention process of driving uh, will be displayed even if you use marijuana. A good word of warning, uh, Sergeant Chris Hanna. And we have to remember it's still illegal in Indiana as well. Thanks for joining us for this week's in-depth podcast. Join us next week for our Holiday Wine and Cocktail podcast. We'll have some great tips on toasting this season, and we'll also have a taste testing so you can know about some of the best spirits. Be sure to subscribe to receive this free podcast every Wednesday. And, of course, listen anytime for the latest stories that matter by listening to WBBM on the Radio.com app or on your radio. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Coburn.